When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to West Indies on 99.94. I'm your host, Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt from the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And with me as ever is my partner in crime, Santoki Nagilendran. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Sunil Narain and Andre Russell. Will they ever play in the maroon again? Santoki, take it away. Well, yeah, Mash, you said it there. Will they ever play in the Maroon again? Now, this, these are probably the two most frequent questions we get from fans on social media. When is Andre Russell playing for West Indies again? When is Sunil Narayan playing for West Indies again? Now, luckily for us, Desmond Haynes, lead selector of the West Indies men's senior side and head coach Phil Simmons took part in a press conference on Tuesday, August the 9th. And obviously, these were questions asked by the media, local media, and they sort of addressed it. So we're going to dissect... What was said at the press conference, but mainly looking at the cases of Andre Russell, Sunil Narayan and a few other players and look at what their current status is in terms of playing for West Indies cricket again. So, Michelle, I know you've got a list because this was asked to Desmond Haynes and Phil Simmons, a list of players who are currently not playing for West Indies for various reasons. Yeah, so um, if I give people, like as ever, we always like to give the kind of detailed context for people to understand. So in, in the most recent press conference, it was put to Desmond Haynes, specifically about three players, uh, four players, in fact, Evan Lewis, Fabian Allen, Andre Russell, Sunil Narayan, what was their status? And um, Desmond Haynes, lead selector, um, initial response was they are they're unavailable. So when I got my chance to put some questions um, to Des, I said, just for clarity, and I, I'm, more, I'm more was saying it around Dre, to be honest, because all the others were kind of explained. I said, just for clarity, um, what do we mean when we say unavailable? Because there's unavailable as in I am injured, I am unavailable, and there's unavailable as in I have not made myself available for selection. And uh, Desmond clarified that, to the best of his knowledge, uh, Andre Russell had not made himself available for selection um earlier in the piece he'd said that evan lewis had still failed to take the fitness test as required um and then later another journalist inquired about sunil narayan and uh, desmond said to the again to the best of his knowledge um sunil narayan has not contacted cricket west indies to make himself available for selection and then between you and i Sintoki, we've written down um, seven names, and there's possibly more, but we've written down seven names who arguably would walk into the West Indies setup. Certainly, the squad. Some say straight into the team if they were available to play, and each one of them has a different reason. But I've got Sherfane Rutherford, Sunil Narain, Andre Russell, Evan Lewis, Fabian Allen, Sheldon Cottrell, who I should point out is injured at the moment. Uh, and Ruston Chase, who I should also point out, is injured um, at the moment. Fabian Allen has a personal um, reason. So if we just take the first four, for argument's sake, Santelki, Rutherford, Narine, Dre, and Evan, 
we spoke, I think it was in episode two, um, when we were looking at um, the ODI Wolves, or possibly like the first official episode, that West Indies can't afford to play without their best players. I've just named seven names <laughs> who we... <laughs> who it looks like we ain't seen any time in 2023, uh, 2022, I should say. But focusing specifically on Dre and Narayan, and I think we should throw Rutherford in there. What do we do, Santoki? What, and I, I put this to you because I think you are better versed than me on the complexities of the franchise game. You've, all, you've long said to me about where the state of the game is going. And I am not going to be that guy who's going to say these guys should have some national pride. And because well, West Indies ain't the national team, these guys should have some national pride, and they should make themselves available for West Indies. And uh, because the, the the franchise game is a franchise game, but where do where do we go from here, Santoki? Because to all intents and purposes, certainly in terms of Dre and the Ryan, that's it now, isn't it? They're done. They're done with the West Indies. Well, yeah, we're talking about two of the goats of the game, Andre Russell, Sununa Ryan. Now, in that press conference, it was quoted in articles that Sununa Ryan had uh, said he'd like to come back to West Indies. Luckily for listeners on 99.94, that interview was done by myself. Um, So for those of you who haven't checked it out on ESPN Cricket Monthly, I've done an in-depth interview with Sununa Ryan, mainly focusing on sort of T20 and playing for Calcutta. But there was a lot about West Indies. And I think two things which are worth pointing out is one, he, he talked about loving playing test cricket and just the mental ability and how he's developed his game and how he always felt it was a shame that his test career was cut short after six tests. Now, a lot of people might be cynical and say, oh, he was just saying that for PR reasons. But the frame of the line of conversation wasn't going that route. He obviously, he brought it up because it was something that was on his mind. Mm. And from my perspective, I genuinely felt like he genuinely did miss test cricket because it was a challenge. He made his name coming into first-class cricket as a youngster. Um... And then secondly, he, he when asked about whether he will play for West Indies because fans are demanding it, he said there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on, but he would love to. Now, that was a very cryptic answer. We don't know what the behind-the-scenes issues are. Some people might allude to it. Some people might have suggestions. But the fact he hasn't definitively said no means I don't think we can ever possibly rule it out, even though it's unlikely. So the fact he's gone on record and said he, he doesn't see it as a no for West Indies, he could come back, means that, Potentially, we could see him come back, but he's 30, what is he now, 34 years of old, 34 years old. He's missed the last two T20 World Cups. I don't think he's played the ODI World Cup. So you're looking at him, Ash, and if he doesn't play at this World Cup, I mean, there's a chance we could see him do a final hurrah at home, at home in the next T20 World Cup in the Caribbean, uh, maybe. Mm, Potentially. Mm. But I just think, as you've mentioned, franchise cricket, he's played since 2012 for a Calcutta Knight Riders. He's beloved by fans, players, an iconic player, probably the all-time greatest player they've had and one of the greats in the IPL. Just that sort of recognition, the money financially, and just that sort of team integration. When we've seen the West Indies cricket team has been divided, a lot of issues, also issues with his action. There's been a lot of factors. So whilst I wouldn't definitively say no, Mash, would you agree and say it? It seems from your perspective unlikely that we'll see Sunan Ryan and Maroon again. Uh, listen, you you throw us you threw a spanner in the works there by mentioning the 2024 World Cup because actually, do you know what that hadn't crossed my mind? That if they wanted to, Dre and Narine do a last dance, that's the perfect <laughs> time to do the last yeah. dance, right? 
But you would have said that when the band got back together in 2021 for the for the uh, World Cup last year, that should have been a quote unquote last dance for Sunil them. Now, obviously, it's since come out that I believe some last gasp attempts were made to try and get Sunil to come to the World Cup. Did Sunil say yes? Some people said he said yes. But then there were some issues. That, again, this is all um, conjuncture here because we don't know the, the, the in-depth full story. But we definitely know for certain that Sunil was approached at the last minute to make himself available for that World Cup. But we don't te- technically know what went on with regards to, did he have to do a fitness thing or was it about this, that or the other? But he, we know he was definitely approached at the last minute to come to the World Cup last year. So like you, Santoki, I wouldn't say 100% no. And at the end of the day, what? Ravi Rampal played last year's World Cup at 37. Chris Gale played last year's World Cup at 41. Um... Lendl Simmons was 36. So as much as we're saying, oh, Sunil's 34, that's not actually an impediment to him playing. Andre Russell is 34. That's not an impediment to him playing. Both of them could easily play. Granted, there'd be, critical, there'd be questions, but they, they could both easily play at 36 in a, in, a, in a home World Cup. And I'd like to believe that Sunil Narayan, primarily as an economical spinner, would still be useful in a context of T20s at the eight, maybe he'd be a bit of a liability in the field, but he'd still be useful in the context of what he gives to the team at the age of 36 in the home world cup. Would Andre Russell still be useful um, at 36? Would he still be a top tier all rounder? Very unlikely. Would he still be an explosive batter? Probably um, um, at the, at the age of 36. So we shouldn't say no. But what we should say, Santoki, and what what deserves to be asked is, and let's put it on Dre. Dre's playing, well, both of them are in the 100 right now, obviously. So Sunil's at Oval, Invincible's Dre's at Manchester Original. So both are in London, uh, sorry, in, in the UK. And what we should do is we, we should probably go and find them both. <laughs> but Dre's one perplexes me a bit more. Because you at least have spoken to Sunil in the last few months. And Sunil has at least suggested he'd like to still feature one day. So we can't can't really stick it on Sunil and go, he don't want to play for West Indies and da-da-da-da-da. Because at the end of the day, he said in a print interview with you, you know what, the doors never close on West Indies. So there's the hope. To the best of my knowledge, Santoki, Dre's not put anything in print. Since the last World Cup, Dre's just ducked out. We ain't Mm. heard from Dre. Dre's not gone on social media. He's not, and he, I'm not saying he must. I'm just saying he's not said anything. No one's put anything to Dre. So we don't have anything where we can say Dre's ducked out of West Indies duty now. He doesn't care. Mm. But the problem is in that press conference, Desmond Haynes's response was to the best of my knowledge, Dre has not made himself available for selection. Now, Here's the question. I always put this question to you, Santoki. And let's throw Shafane Rutherford in it as well. So Shafane Rutherford's going to be playing for St. Kitts, as will Evan Lewis. Dre has made the move to the superpower Trimbago. What happens, Santoki, if Dre, Evan, Shafane Rutherford, Sunil Narayan at Trimbago as well? Let's just focus on those four. What happens if they put in fantastic performances in the CPL, Santoki? Don't we technically have to... Phil Simmons said in, in the press conference he's not begging anyone anymore to play for West Indies, but don't we have to beg them, Santoki? If, if they put in a magnificent CPL, don't we have to beg them to come play in the World Cup? I, um, 
I actually think Dre Ross will play at the World Cup in Australia. I've Interesting. Talk me through it. Talk me through it. I've always, I've always said, I mean, Dre Ross, obviously, he hasn't played in bilaterals. But from my point of view, I mean, Evan Lewis is different. We know there's obviously issues behind the scene. There's been a bit of bad talking from both parties about each other. So there's obviously an issue there. Dre Ross, there's, no, there's never been, as far as I'm aware, no one's ever publicly spoken about an issue. He's passed all the fitness tests. But for me, I don't think you can question, I mean, in terms of bilaterals, some would say he should be playing at least one or two series. But if you look at the state of his body and he's not getting better, he's it's sort of like that. But in terms of actual tournaments, his commitment, he pulled himself up to play the 2019 ODI World Cup when all evidence suggested, why are you doing this? Like your body can't take it. And he's played in the T20 World Cups, both of them, mm-hmm. um, in re- um, the most recent ones. He played obviously last year in UAE in the World Cup. I think Andre Russell's available for the World Cup. I don't, there's nothing to suggest that he's not available for the World Cup. He's just not playing bilaterals, basically. I think maybe there's been some sort of agreement where he said he'll play in the World Cup, and that's it. They're, they're just based on that. He's the fact he's Dre Ross, playing the CPL, gets some momentum, will pick you for the World Cup. And I think it was very telling in a press conference with Haynes and Simmons. They said the court, the players in the squad for the New Zealand series and India series won't necessarily be the side that goes to the World Cup. Now, if you look at the squads in against India and New Zealand, it's pretty much the best of the best in the region other than those who are unavailable. So if you're saying this isn't the final squad or there's going to be additions, you're hinting that other players will be coming back into the fold. And I think they worded that very carefully, carefully specifically because on that list, Andre Russell's going to be the guy who's going to come to the World Cup. I think Suno Navine, he hasn't played for West Indies in three years. It's unlikely he'll play at the World Cup. Evan Lewis... There's bad, there's bad blood between both parties. I don't think that will get resolved before the World Cup. Shafane Rutherford, I think he's given up on West Indies. I think in that list, Andre Russell's going to be the trump card that comes through for the World Cup after being successful for the Chimbago Knight Riders. I just think there's not been enough to suggest he's cut ties with West Indies. Like you said, he hasn't said anything. Selectors haven't said anything other than he's unavailable at the moment. His history of playing in tournaments suggests he is committed. So I think we'll see him at the World Cup. For Santoki. And I'm... I'm... I want to believe you. You know how excited you're going to make people now. <laughs> you, Listen, just, you just gassed up the situation. <laughs> but Santoki, enough people now. Watch, watch what's going to happen. The team at 99.94 are going to clip that from you. Put that all <laughs> over the internet. <laughs> next thing you know now, next press conference, <laughs> people say, as, as the door being shut on Andre Russell. But here's my thing, Santoki. We have played since that last World Cup, we have played, I'm just counting it now, 8, 10, 13, 18. We've played 21 T20s. By the time we finished the three versus New Zealand, we would have played 21 international T20s. Andre Russell has featured in none. He's been in zero squads. I'm not, so I'm actually in agreement with you. If Dre produces a magnificent, let's say he's in the top five scorers in CPL and he goes under eight with the ball in his overs, right? I don't think we are in any position to turn that down mm. as a team. Not when your alternatives are Odin Smith, Kimo, Paul, Romario, Shepard, Jason. Okay, let's take Jason out of it. Let's just say those three. Odin, Romario, Kimo, and then you have Dre pulling something mad off in CPL, right? But what I will say, and it's similar to the fitness test argument, is it right that a player should be allowed to basically never feature in bilaterals produce of and in fairness you're right because uh, i actually should point out what you said desmond haynes exact point about cpl which i didn't write in our write-up um on on our twitter handle 
was he said CPL is our flagship tournament in the Caribbean. Of course, performances in CPL will matter with regards to selection. So I think you're right to say, well, Des is kind of saying no one come for us if we make some last minute options and changes in our squad. But I'm just saying to you, should it be right that you can miss bilaterals for the whole year from World Cup to World Cup and then just get in? Yeah, well, I'm gonna EPL. I'm gonna throw this out there. Trent Bolt hasn't played a T20I in 2022. Um, he hasn't played since the last T20 World Cup. He's ripped up his contract, New Zealand Central contract. Obviously, he is playing against West Indies in these upcoming T20s. But interestingly enough, the head coach said yesterday of New Zealand, I think Gary said, Trent Bolt will be going to the World Cup. He'll be playing at the World Cup, even though he hasn't mm. played that. Now, the problem is New Zealand is obviously a fa- seen as Trent Bolt is a, New Zealand seen as a favourable administration. People like them, so people will see this as an admirable forward-thinking move. The problem is with West Indies when we do this. Oh, he's a mercenary. It's it's it's, it's a cuss-out season. So for me, I don't see much difference between what Jay Ross is doing and what a Trent Bolt's doing. He's managing his workload. He's showing up for the big big tournaments. I mean. He's still playing cricket. It's not as if he's just sitting at home. He's playing in the 100, like you said. Um, so he's getting cricket in, but he's doing it from a financial point of view. He needs to make the money while he can. He's playing cricket. We know what he's capable of. I don't see why you turn him down for a big tournament. It's workload management, which falls in line with players and the modern game, the amount of franchise tournaments coming through. Players have to think about the money coming through and manage their workload based on that. Now, are you going to turn down Jay Russ because he hasn't played in a 4-1 job in against India? Are you going to turn him down based on that? Or what are you going to turn him down based on? If he's playing cricket and we know he's Jay Russ and he's available for the World Cup, you take him. And I think that's what Desmond Haynes and Phil Simmons know. But because of the cuss out, they're never going to say Jay Russ is potentially coming back for the World Cup. We'll just have to wait to the last minute and he'll get added to the squad. Listen, this is explosive, you know. This is explosive because... I don't, do... I don't, I don't see. I've never... There's nothing I've said that anyone has ever said from Jay Russ or West, <laughs> West Indies to say Jay Russ is outcast from West Indies. Evan Lewis, he's not taking a fitness test. You didn't, you didn't think, OK, he's not going to play the World Cup then because he's he's not doing anything. They've never said Andre Russell's turned them down or not communicate. Sooner than mind, he hasn't communicated with Cricket West Indies. They've not said that about Jay Russ. For all we know, Jay Russ has told them, listen, I'm going to play these tournaments. I've got a few years left in cricket. I'm going to get the bag. But I'm here for the World Cup when you need me. I'm there in Australia. Nobody's ever said anything. If you look at all the rhetoric coming through from press conferences and selectors and head coaches, they've never said anything about Jay Ross. But is that because no one's been asking anything? You've got Surely you've got... If he hadn't reached out, they'd give us soon on the right. Oh, he hasn't been in contact with West Indies. He obviously has. Um, and they're obviously happy of what he's saying because they've not said the door's shut on him. They've not said he's refused to take a fitness test. They've not said, given any reason. So what is, what's going on? Unless there's, unless there's a reason they're not disclosing, which would be strange because they've disclosed the reasons for every other player. So they've not said his personal reasons. <laughs> yeah, but they, they said he's unavailable for selection. Yeah, which is now, like as of now, bilateral. So he's unavailable, that's it. So well, you're saying I, that all that means is once he's available, he's in? He's in, yeah. I think. But that's then here, okay. Let, even though I agree with you, Santokian, mm. you have to remember. You uh, ultimately, I agree with you, and but we have to remember there will be people who will listen to this, particularly in the Caribbean, and be like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. He can't just walk into the site. Um, but here's my thing: if we do that with Dre, right? Hear me out. Mm. What's to stop? A Shimron Hetmeyer. Let's take Shimron because he's the most likely given mm. is um given how much he's in one around around the region. Yeah. yeah? What's to sh- stop a Shimron Hetmeyer looking at Dre Russ and saying, Well, hold on a minute. 
My man doesn't have to play by laterals between World Cups. Produces in CPL, gets into World Cup squad. What's to stop Shimron Hetmeyer saying, you know what, I'm ducking out of bilaterals after the World Cup. You man will see me again in 2024 for the the home World Cup when I make myself available off the back of CPL. What's to stop, or before you answer that, first question, what's to stop Shimron or someone like Shimron doing that? Obviously, Nicholas can't because he's captain. So what's to stop Shimron doing that? And two, based on the modern dynamics of the franchise market and free hmm. um uh free agency is that just how the game's going now that you just have to adapt to that that's the game the game is the game yeah i think the, I, I exactly you hit the nail on the head i think the game is the game i think with the amount of franchise tournaments popping up we've got the uae one the south africa one there's gonna pretty much every month there's gonna be a franchise tournament do we hold back players from making money and also playing at a higher level than bilaterals by making them play bilaterals for the sake of it? Or do we adapt and say, okay, if you're playing franchise cricket, but you're happy to shop for tournaments, then come come along. It depends on how kind of the thinking is. But I think Hetmeyer, he would have to look at as if he's not a consistent performer. So for me, you you just lay out straight. Russell, Jay Ross is a performer consistently, IPL, CPL, top level franchise player. Is Hetmeyer at that level? Does he deserve that sort of treatment? So mm. it depends on sort of how you discuss it. Obviously, there's two sides to the coin. You can say, all right, we're holding Dre Ross to these standards and not everyone else. Why is he getting special favour? But it's Dre Ross. He's one of the greatest of all times in the format. We've seen A.B. de Villiers, for instance, try and come back to the South Africa or be called up last minute for the South Africa T20 side before World Cup because of his legacy. I think you have to make adjustments for a certain group of players who have that legacy because at the end of the day, you're in a World Cup to win it. No matter whose feelings you hurt, you pick the best side that's available to you. So for me, West Indies to turn down Dre Ross if he makes himself available for the World Cup would be foolish on our part because he's Dre Ross, one of the greatest of all time to do it. That's a compelling argument, you know. Can't a, a very compelling argument. I just think, so, I just think, like I said, other nations can do like AB de Villiers called up last minute to play in the World Cup. I think whatever there were issues and he didn't end up playing. New Zealand, they've done it with Chen Bolt. I think when other nations do it. We look up to it as forward thinking. When West Indies do it, we see it as, oh, they're, they're stupid, they're foolish, they're, they're living the mercenaries walk over, like how they're taking libbies, players are taking libbies. I just think it's, it's we need to just fit, think of it as Dre Ross is available, we pick him for the World Cup, bang, that's it, we go from there. We can't deep it and think, we ha- like we said on, the last, on our previous episodes, we haven't got the talent pool to be turning down these players. What right do we have to be turning down Dre Ross if he's not available? Because what he hasn't played with Shamar Brooks in against India. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just, I guess just to come and bring that to an end, then, just to clarify, based on your argument, yeah, you do it for a Dre Ross, you do it for a Sunil. Yeah. What about the people under that tier then? A Fabian Allen. A a sure Fane Rutherford. Let's say St. Kitts and St. Kitts and Nevis Patriots win CPL again, yeah? Mm. Oh no, Fabian's gone to Talawas now. But let's say uh, St. Kitts and Nevis win CPL and Rutherford has another fantastic tournament. We know there's issues with Rutherford and fitness. Based on your argument about um, talent pool, what, do we make the same exception for someone like Rutherford who we know hasn't done fitness tests? So this is interesting because I think they've obviously placed Phil Simmons and Desmond Haynes have placed emphasis on CPL as almost being like a feeder into that World Cup. So whoever performs in that, they're getting into the West Indies squad. So I think they'll just use CPL because it's affiliated with West Indies cricket. 
it's not like it's a it's a remote franchise tournament somewhere across mm. the world. It's affiliated with Caribbean cricket. I think, yeah, if Shafane Rutherford's top scorer for St. Kitts and Patriots and he, and he does a fitness test on that, you put him into the squad. The thing is, I want to disagree with you, but at the end of the day, I, I got to. I, I think you've you've raised ultimately. I, I know we're we're going to get cussed out for this episode. Um, so Santoki is the person to blame people if you're coming with the cuss out. But <laughs> but fundamentally, I'm agreeing with Santoki because at the end of the day, we can't have our cake and eat it. You can't have people on one hand saying the T20 side's useless, injure or trouncing us, we're no good, and then yet still. We got about three to four, possibly five players. So let's say Rutherford, Narine, Russell, Lewis, Fabian on the outside looking in. And then on one hand, we're saying to them, nah, but you can't come in because you never play for us when we want you to play for us and fitness test this, that and the other. Those five players, arguably, maybe not a Rutherford, but those five players arguably walk into a lot of other squads around the world. Forget if they're in the 11, they walk into a lot of other squads around the world. I ultimately have to come in the line with you to say, how can we afford to not even put them in a squad? Yes. Forget if they're going to play, just put them um, in a squad. I think, I think as well, obviously we talked about the short-termism of like West Indies fandom. I think obviously a lot of players will cast. But at the same time, players will cast. If we go to the World Cup and we open again with Jason Holder and Shamar Brooks and we're tapping 30 off eight overs at, at the beginning, people will cast. And we'll have it'll be even worse because we'll have Fabian Alvin, Allen, Evan Lewis... Andre Russell sitting at home when we know they could have been playing. So for me, I think you have to ignore the cutouts if you're a selector or coach and just basically go, how can you get your best squad in line for a World Cup? Regardless of what avenues they take, if they're playing and they're fit, how can you get them into that 11 and try and win the World Cup, which is your ultimate aim? At the end of the day, Phil Simmons' job, his remit will be to try and win the World Cup. He's got to do what he can, use maximise the resources. You can't think, oh, no, the fans are going to cuss out if Andre Russell walks in the team. You pick the best squad that's available to you. So World Cups have no time for emotions. So I'm going to end with this then, Santoki, because it, we have to put some balance on it. Phil Simmons did also say in that press conference, I'm not begging mm. anyone to play yeah. for the West Indies. He didn't call names. I'm sure we can assume what who who or what he might have been talking about. But he, And he said it twice. I'm not begging anyone to play for the West Indies. You should want to play for the West Indies. So I just want, in the, in the interest of balance, to say the onus is on the players to make themselves available. Because if a Dre, if a Sunil, if an Evan, uh, a, a Rutherford, for example, say we are willing and available to play for the West Indies during the World Cup. If I was them, I'd put it out in the public. We are willing and available to play for West Indies in the World Cup. Then at least the fan base then looks at the selectors and says, well, boy, they say they want to play. What are you going to do now? But I do think, Santoki, let's end on this point and see what your response is to this. I do think Phil is right, though, to say I'm not begging anyone anymore. So there, there is a bit of a balance in this in so much as some of them clearly aren't meeting us halfway. Yeah, 100%. I think you, you shouldn't beg anyone to play for, for your country, essentially. That's, that I agree with that. You're not going to beg anyone to play for side. But that's why I deduced that Andre Russell will make the World Cup because you can, you can analyse it. Evan Lewis isn't taking a fitness test. OK, we're not begging him to come into the side. He's not doing a fitness mm. test. Sunil Narayan hasn't reached out to Cricket West Indies. OK, we're not begging him to come to the side then. 
they've not said anything about Dre Ross. They've not said he's, what, he's refused or anything like that. That's why I think of that list, there's questions over everyone else. I think Andre Russell will go to the World Cup because I don't think he's made himself unavailable and I don't think they've had to beg him. I think he'll be in the side for the World Cup. Other players you can deduce, like I said, Evan Lewis, Sunil Narayan, that they're not willing to beg for these players and nor should they have to beg for them to play for the colours of West Indies. Um, but with Andre Russell, I think it's a different case. I think he's in, he'll be in the side for the World Cup. People? Santoki said that line. Not it's me. A, Usually, that you, you, that's what I was like. With full chest, <laughs> Santoki said that. Like, normally it's me who's getting who's getting the clips and people trying to come for me afterwards. But people, you know who you need to come for after that full chest statement <laughs> that Santoki just made. But Santoki, that's been another um, edition of West Indies on ninety nine point nine four. It's goodbye from me. Is it goodbye from you? Yeah, I'm going to have to delete my social media accounts after this because the, the cuss out will be mad. But yeah, I'll say it once again with Chester. Andre Russell will be at the World Cup in Australia, man. You heard it here first. And guys, that's been all. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this lesson, um, this episode and we'll catch you soon. You know, as ever, people, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Carib Cricket. Email us if you want to, caribcricket at gmail.com. But for now, we're out. Remember, stay locked. Thanks for listening to West Indies on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can also download the 99.94 app from wherever you get your apps. If you'd like to follow us personally, go to at Carib Cricket on Twitter and Instagram. You can also head to www.caribbeancricketpodcast.com where you can find links to everything we do outside of 99.94. If you'd like to follow us personally, you can find Santolki at Santolki89 and Michelle at MashSTPaddy. Remember, if you love cricket, then 99.94 is the home of cricket audio. Follow them for podcasts and commentary from the world of cricket. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 